Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon And I'm Emma Gray And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows, and we can't live without them. But we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about live, in-studio, holiday specials. We just watched the most festive ever Bachelorette finale, which ended, you know, as all holiday shows should, with true love. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And it's the big finale of Michelle Young's season. It's truly got it all. Meeting the parents, last chance dates, proposals, couch cries, jingle bells, mistletoe. We're recapping just the two of us today. You and me, Emma, let's do this. Let's dive in. We got it. And and just a little a little warning. Uh, I am working with some COVID, some light <laughs> COVID this morning. Um, everyone get boosted. Makes a huge difference. I have a mild case. But if I'm a little foggy or low energy, I apologize. Yeah. I just want to give a, a little holiday call out to Emma who has been sick this week, and we've still done a taping like every day. And she's just truly, truly a soldier for content. And I'm so lucky to to be your partner. Oh, Merry Christmas thank to you. Me. A soldier for content and a walking advertisement for the value of vaccination. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's talk about some lovers here. Some Michelle, yes. some Brandon, some Nate. We begin this live, this live special with a special bachelorette like title graphic I with a little it. santa hat candy canes there's snow all of them kind of hanging off of the the words of the bachelorette there's jingle bells in the theme music there's a christmas tree in the studio every like fifth audience member has a santa hat but no one has like a mask as far as we can tell so christmas was more the priority rather than safety at, at this point. Polly or Polly Claus 
is here in a Santa suit. He's prepared to act out a scene from every iconic holiday movie there is <laughs> um, for Polly. There's just something about the way that they went really hard on the holiday thing that to me just felt like a giant middle finger. Like, yeah, we're making you work Christmas week. But that's just specifically to me a recapper. Everyone else, this is a nice little Christmas treat they're getting. And I don't begrudge that. It's beautiful. Caitlin, she was a great host. She was a great host. I just want to say that up top. Shout out to Caitlin, who gamely hosted this live special for three hours by herself because poor Tasha, like everyone else in New York City, was recently exposed to COVID. Yeah, Tasha couldn't be there because they didn't want it to be a super spreader event, presumably, which makes some of their other choices for this live in studio special confusing. Um, and I have to say that after this special where Caitlin stood maskless on the stage the whole time, I think we can assume that she was probably exposed <laughs> to COVID during this taping. But we all send our, our best wishes to Tasha that she remains well. And Caitlin does a good job. Caitlin gets to really flex her, her like comedy chops. Yeah, I, I very much was like, come on. She did a great job. tasha has been also great the last few seasons. Like, give these women some sort of permanent role hosting in Bachelorverse. Like, I remain so unexcited for Jesse Palmer. And I just, like, loved the vibe of this whole special. Caitlin is, like, a more connected and compassionate after the final rose host than Chris Harrison ever was. Yeah, and she really leans heavily on being able to be like, I know how it is when you get engaged and you have to pretend that you're not in love and isn't that difficult. Like, she she knows that we all know that she knows, you know, she's part of this. But um, with Jesse Palmer, it's like, I guess he went through that in theory, but who can even remember? It's yeah, so I don't ago. know. I, I have no personal experience with him, so. yeah. Uh, let's let's get to Michelle. Michelle is in Mexico, preparing for her final dates with so her final two men. She's of course, of course. You reach a point in your quest for love toward the end, usually when nothing will do, save journaling. When you simply must you simply take out your pen and notebook. Journal. There are th- feelings and there are thoughts and. As any great writer knows, you must commit those to paper. You must. In the moment, you know, you have to just, you have to open that vein and bleed ink all over, <laughs> <laughs> all over your your little journal that you got at the mall. Michelle uh, is dressed for a Christmas special. She's in emerald green, satin PJs, and she is just really thinking about how she loves Nate and Brandon in different ways. She's like, I didn't know men like Brandon existed. He wants to make me feel loved and also comfortable and safe. And it's like, a man wants that? Like a straight for man a woman. in this economy? Very bizarre. Never heard of it. <laughs> With Nate, on the other hand, there's just something so special about their connection and their chemistry. AKA, she obviously likes him best. Right. It's always the dichotomy of like, Brandon is just like objectively great, right? Like he's great. He's he's a catch. And with Nate, it's like, I don't know about whether he's a catch or not, but he's my catch. Yeah. 
And like that always trumps anything else. Yeah, sadly for for Brandon. So Michelle needs her family's approval and they've only met one of her boyfriends so far, um, Brandon. Uh, So the Youngs are here to officially formally meet both of her final two. It's her parents, Ephraim and Levon, and also her sister, Angela. So this is our first glimpse at a sibling. Angela seems lovely. She seems awesome. Also, Angela looks exactly like Ephraim. Yes. Yeah. Um, Such a lovely family. I I think we all ended this episode wishing to be in the Young family. Yeah, I was like, I love my family. They're great. But like, are the Youngs accepting applications? Because I would, (laughs) I raise my hand. I volunteer as tribute to join their family. Based on LaVon's reaction to Brandon, I think they are accepting applications. (laughs) They're, They're willing to consider good candidates. Unfortunately, I can't hear a goddamn thing they're saying to each other because of the crushing roar of waves in the background and basically every scene that involves significant conversation during this episode they manage to be in a location where the sound of the ocean drowns out everything they're trying to say it is so frustrating i don't understand how this happened like they've been filming episodes of this show at beachside locations for 20 years this isn't new what happened? I don't know. Something happened, and it it was very frustrating. And at least, if the audio quality was what it was, all of it should have been captioned, like, by the show itself. Yeah. I did have closed captioning on. Um, so did I, because, and it was pretty good. But, like, again, yeah, the show should have done that automatically. No, they should have. And, like, also because closed captioning is not always accurate because it's not being done by someone who is familiar with the show in some sort of specific way and so there were definitely times when it was miscaptioned however i did appreciate all the white noise because my son was asleep and i had to kind of turn the volume up and i'm sure that it made him feel like he was being swaddled in many layers of comforting womb noise and that's even more important than me being able to hear the dialogue (laughs) So in comes Brandon to officially meet those parents. He's got a big bouquet of tiger lilies. He's dressed this time, not in Ephraim's swim trunks, but in dress pants. And he's ready to tell the youngs, quote, how his heart came to fall in love with their daughter. Brandon is prepared. And Brandon also, beyond just being like really honestly good with his words i'd say better than average than a lot of straight men um he's also has a a massive leg up in that he has already met levon and ephraim he has already met them they're old friends at this point they already think of him as a kind of son although i have to say i think that the advantage is somewhat overstated because the first time he met them he was he was in a very (laughs) he wasn't expecting them and he was half naked and they took him by surprise. And he still knocked it out of the park. Yeah, he's just good. Brandon's one of those good good with parents guys. Yeah. And he brought a gift for Ephraim, which, like, that's a smooth parent move. Like, bring another. Bring as many gifts as you can. Come bearing tribute. He, he brought Michelle's father a fresh pair of swim trunks. Adorable. Because presumably he had to burn the ones that Brandon had borrowed. 
fair. And Michelle and Ephraim, looks gorgeous, by the way. She's in a knit, like, bright yellow skirt set. I just wanted to yes, mention that. Yes, no, no, no. I'm so sorry. I can't believe I didn't mention it because it is a perfect color. She, It's just her, her style. She sticks the landing through this finale in an incredible way with the fashion. Every color is her color. It's really <laughs> remarkable. She looks so good in everything, but I loved this yellow. And I love her um, penchant for kind of casual dress knits i not everyone can pull that off mm, it's a good look on her anyway sorry back back to ephraim and brandon so ephraim pulls brandon aside first and i loved this because ephraim is clearly so uncomfortable being on camera <laughs> and he has clearly put in some preparation and so he starts to try to question brandon he's like oh my god which question should i ask first and brandon's like it's okay dude like we're good just you know fire away like it's an adorable dynamic and he kind of says to brandon michelle is quote doggone ambitious you know she wants to finish her master's degree and he's like i've seen men get jealous when they're with really successful women like how would you navigate that and brandon's like hey that's not an issue for me because i grew up with a powerful mother Yeah, a powerful, ambitious mother, and that's what I'm used to as well. And again, he, like, asks for Ephraim's blessing to marry Michelle, which he also did do the first time he met them. And Ephraim, again, is like, great, yeah, no, we'd love that for sure. And, uh, like, might as well ask twice, right? (laughs) He has to ask twice because I don't think Nate asks at all. Nate, Nate, Nate doesn't give us the asking the parents uh, trope, which I appreciated. Me um, too. Levon then talks to Brandon and he tells her that his feelings have progressed a lot. He he uses this language a lot, and so does Michelle. The language of like progression, like they're like you're charting it with like a little spreadsheet or something. Like how many boxes have been filled out of progression? He's like we're almost to our goal amount of falling in love. And he says that he has fallen in love with Michelle. And Levon is thrilled. All she wants is for Brandon is to be her new child. She's like, would you move to Minnesota? And he says, I would. I would definitely move to Minnesota. She's like, what about your job? He's like, it's remote. It's perfect. I'm made to move to Minnesota. He's he's a traveling nurse recruiter, right? Is that him? And that does sound like something you can kind of probably do you can. I mean, you definitely travel can. Travel is right in there. Yeah. Travel's right in there. They have to be able to 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 deal with travel, um, and <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. And he says, "I want to become part of your guys' family so bad." And Levon is like, "Yes, yes, that that's great. We want that. We're you're great. Please be our son. Like we love that." I relate to Levon because, as Levon says, she's like a feelings person, and Brandon is really, really warm. Like Ephraim says this too. Like he just radiates a devotion to Michelle. He radiates a positivity. He has answers to all of their questions and they don't seem rehearsed. Like he seems very thoughtful. Again, he's, he's parents catnip. He's extremely reassuring. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely would give me the sense that like, not only does he genuinely care about my daughter, he has put in the work that goes behind that. He's thought about how his life would fit into her life. He's decided that he's ready to make those changes for her. And like, so this is real to him. Like he, he knows what he's doing. And Michelle and Levon 
chat and also agree that Brandon would do anything for her. Levon is just fully on the train. She's like, I want to take your bags right now. I want to move them into my guest room in, in Minnesota. I want you to live with us. She hugs him goodbye and says, good luck, honey. Again, her voice. Every time she says something like that, I just hear my Aunt Susan. Um, and I love it. It's very comforting Aww. to me personally. Yeah. She does really bring me back to the moms of my of my youth who who meant so much to me, although I'm not from Minnesota. Just the Midwesternness. Mm-hmm. It's it's so comforting. Um and Brandon is like, I just can't wait to marry Michelle. I just like, I gotta marry her. I wanna marry her so bad. It's almost like he's talking about like wanting to like go on a a cool trip or something. It's like I really wanna like I just really wanna go to to Mexico so bad. Well, now he's in Mexico. <laughs> bad example. Um, but it really is like the way that you talk about like just like a cool experience that you want to get to do. Like, I want to go skydiving so bad. It's like, I want to miss Mary Michelle so bad. <sighs> he's got that enthusiasm. Uh, and then it's time for Nate. And Nate is going to give us a different vibe on this parent meeting event he is meeting them for the first time and michelle is nervous michelle is nervous i think she knows that nate does not possess the like parental catnip energy that brandon does he's a little more awkward in his explanations he 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 sort of struggles to find the right words and nate is really nervous too yeah i mean i want to say here that it's not even just other people's parents, Nate's own parents were like, I don't think you're ready for this. So it's not, and that will come up again. I do feel like the, as soon as they like announce their engagement, there emerges this narrative of like everyone who's ever questioned whether Nate's ready, like didn't really get him. And I was like, okay, well that includes like the people who love him most in the world. Like no one on the show thought he was ready, including at times Michelle. And so this is going to be a really tough task. Like, if he can't convince his own parents that he's ready for an engagement, how is he going to convince Michelle's parents? He's right to be nervous, but it doesn't... He's at his best when he's really confident. So Yeah, I guess that's him. what I mean, is that his nervousness is is pretty visible during this. Michelle, again, looks great. Camel knit this time. Mm-hmm. Also her color. Nate brings, like, a beautiful sunflower-forward bouquet. And as they enter... <laughs> The Youngs are just talking about how wonderful Brandon is and how yeah. hard it will be for Nate to compare. <laughs> like, poor Nate. Yeah. They literally have to, like, catch themselves and stop talking as Nate and Michelle enter the doorway as they're saying, like, well, it'd be hard for him to be as wonderful as Brandon. <laughs> um, but Michelle is actually really hoping for their insight because she's like, my mom in the past, my parents have caught red flags that I have missed. And she wants their approval badly. So Nate sits down and gets off to a rocky start by just sort of rambling about what an amazing journey and an amazing time it's been with Michelle, with so many new feelings, feelings that he's never known about before. And as per usual with Nate, like he fails to articulate anything specific. Yeah. I mean, like, I, just like, there are feelings. They're amazing and they're new and I don't know what they are, <laughs> and, but probably love. 
Um, yeah, it's funny because I do think he's a really good communicator. Like, it has become also this this question of, like, oh, is Nate not good with words? I think it's obviously the case that he's very good with words, but specifically with relationships and emotions, it's it's a different thing for him. It's it's a it's a challenge in a way that you know we've seen him litigate really thorny drama in the house very adeptly. Like he's very smart at navigating many forms of communication. Yeah, I think that he is like a lot of frankly like a lot of straight specifically straight men and boys um he has not really been socialized and specifically his family has not put a lot of emphasis on learning to communicate about emotions specifically. Like it is not just simply not something that comes to him naturally because it's not something by his own admission that he has had a lot of experience with either in his romantic life or in his childhood growing up. Yeah. And he's making some some rookie mistakes like he I guess doesn't he doesn't know or doesn't catch himself not to basically tip her family off that he has never been in love before and he doesn't really have much context for the feelings he's having which i think for a lot of parents is going to be concerning um that he's not experienced enough to be ready for what michelle needs and so there's like a lot of tense silence during this opening scene as the family is kind of figuring out how to respond to what he's saying. They're not connecting with him immediately the way they did with Brandon. But Ephraim pulls him aside. He's like, not going in super... He's like, Nate is not as warm off the bat as Brandon. But he asks his questions. He He's like, do you feel as strongly about Michelle? Like, I can tell how strongly she feels about you. Like, how how do you feel? And Nate says, yes, the feelings are reciprocated. I'm ready to get down on one knee. And, you know, as far as, like, who moves where, the logistics, like, one of us will have to move, I guess, and figure that out. I don't really know about that. And understandably, this is a bit of a red flag for Ephraim. He's like, well, Michelle has ambitions. She very specifically wants to stay in Minnesota, like, Maybe that is something you should have decided on or had some right. thought about. It's like, like, it's like even uh, Nate, it, again, rookie mistake. Like, Nate, there was no reason to say that you don't know. I mean, I appreciate the honesty, but it is concerning to me at this point in the show that he hasn't really picked up on the fact that Michelle definitely wants to stay in Minnesota and that that would be a big change for him and that he needs to decide whether that's what he wants for his life. Like whenever it comes up, he's like, oh yeah, no, I guess, I guess that's a good question. I haven't really thought about it, but huh? Yeah, for sure. We'll think about that for sure. Like Nate, like the one thing we know about Michelle is that she loves Minnesota and wants to live there forever until she dies. So think about it. Take that in. Think about it. Angela asked the same question, and he says, well, I love adventure. I've moved many times in my life. And she's like, okay, so you can move. But, like, what about staying still and being content? Like, it's one thing to have another adventure in Minnesota, but what about living there for the rest of your life? That's not the same as being an adventurous person who travels the globe. And he's like, well, I don't know about that but we have planned lots of adventures together and travel so i'm really excited about that and just like, Angela's ah, like jury's still out yeah i mean it's like 
he basically responded like, yeah, I don't, by implication, yeah, I don't know about staying still and being content. I'll be happy with Michelle as long as we're traveling and having adventures. I would be concerned if I were Angela after that conversation. Ephraim asked Michelle if Nate has said that he wants to get married right away, and she says she doesn't know, but she asked if he was ready for an engagement, and he said yes. And Ephraim says, well, to the camera, he says, I hope that Nate has qualities that Michelle has seen that we haven't. She's just an eternal optimist. She's always seeing what can go right and not what can go wrong. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Ephraim is all of us. I, too, at this point, was like, he, she's definitely picking Nate. And I hope that he has the qualities that we have yeah. all been questioning this season because he certainly could, but it's been hard to hard and to I, conclude. I also feel like the show so often does this, like playing up the flaws and questions and specifically the family's concerns with the person who ultimately wins like they're more invested in making people question who the winner will be than they are in making us invested in the final couple's longevity um and so this is again that might also be like a reflection of how it actually went down um but well they had the footage definitely yeah it definitely happened but i think we do see this kind of thing, this kind of edit often. Yeah. Well, I think it's also just kind of the way that that dating can work. And we were talking yeah. about this last night that like often on The Bachelor, we will see men kind of get swayed by their families or reasonably often that, you know, producer Harry was asking us like, why why did they never pick the person that their families like? You know, like, like sometimes she- on The Bachelor, they do. And it usually doesn't, turn out well it doesn't turn out well like they go in with someone that they really want their families to like and then their family obviously likes the good on paper person who they kept around because they're the good on paper person and then the person that they actually want to end up with is someone that they can't quite justify but they feel really drawn to them and then sometimes you will see like ari or i think jason mesnick too will get swayed by the good on paper quality or their family's approval and they will pick the person that they can't just that they that they feel like they can justify logically better, and then they regret it, and then they and do a like, switch, and then everyone ends up hurt. Switch. Yeah, they're like, "Whoops, I picked the person who my family loved and who made logical sense." We saw that, but with Peter that wasn't too, the person I, I wanted. Yeah, like his family was obsessed with Hannah Ann. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and ultimately, you know. It's it's never a good idea to pick a person that your family likes over the person that you like because that person deserves to find someone who is obsessed with them and you deserve to follow your heart and if your family's right about that person that they that they think isn't quite good enough for you then you'll break up eventually and you can find someone who your family loves that you are also super into off the show but when right. you the answer to- is not to just pick someone that is good on paper that you have less passion for yeah and it's always it's misleading because they're always like oh i really need my family's approval no one really needs it 
in order it's to... It's a nice thing to have. It's a nice... I mean, yeah, like, maybe in, in terms of a lifetime they need it in the sense that, like, if my family never comes around on this person, then our relationship will fall apart. Right. But in the context of choosing between two people, you're not just going to pick the person that your family likes more if it's not the person you like more. Right. Because also... Meeting them one time, like it's a usually when you introduce someone to your family, they're primed to be like, okay, my child has already chosen this person to be in a relationship with, and now I'm going to meet them, and I'm going to meet them more than one time. Like, you're not meeting, you know, your future in laws for the first time in like an evaluative panel where someone else has also been offered up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> It's really setting them up to to find reasons to nitpick. And so Michelle has been really hoping for their approval, almost, I think, as a way to, to settle her fears about Nate, to, to say, like, my parents are really astute. If they think Nate is ready, then he's ready. Unfortunately, they don't. Really. They don't. <laughs> uh, LaVon actually has a really tough conversation with Nate. She says, like, Nate, you've never been in love before. And he says, well, yeah, like, what you hear in, like, Hollywood movies and songs about being in love, I don't think I've experienced that before. But when I look into Michelle's eyes and tell her that I love her, I trust that. This would absolutely freak me out if I were LaVon. I was like, I would just be like, what What do you mean? It's like you're responding to things that your body is doing and you're retroactively grafting emotions onto that. It's just, like, not a way of thinking about emotions that I recognize. Does I, it make sense to you? I understand. Like, I have a lot of empathy for Nate. I think that he's trying to communicate a thing that he's feeling in a way that's as honest as possible. But he's just not doing it quite successfully. And he knows he's not quite doing it successfully. And Levon knows he's not doing it successfully. And so she kind of keeps probing him but the more nervous he gets almost like the worse he performs and it was just hard to watch yeah i mean she then asks if if michelle is the one for him and he says well that's a cliche and i was like nate don't insult the way that your potential future mother-in-law is talking about I was like, love nate, she's <laughs> just asking you if like are you choosing sure. michelle yeah if you're yeah. sure and he says, that's kind of a cliche, but my mind and heart are pointing at Michelle. And I definitely don't take love, Siri. And then he catches himself. Yeah, I think he, like, meant to say, I don't take love lightly. And then he, like, couldn't find the word. And he said, Sir like, and she's like, uh, seriously? And he's like, no, that's not what I meant. I don't take it for granted. So basically, yeah. this just doesn't. Nothing is breaking his way. Yeah, this is not, this is not going to really go his way. And then LaVon offers her assessment, her diagnostic assessment. She's like, based on this conversation, I'm not sure you're ready for an engagement. And you're not open with your emotions, like, which yeah. is, is true. And, and he knows that, too. And she ultimately communicates yeah. that to Michelle. And Michelle is left yeah. pretty, pretty nervous. Yeah, she says, you're not really open with your emotions, I feel. You're saying them, but I don't feel them. And there's also a funny moment where she asks how he would feel if she, if Michelle doesn't choose you. And Nate's like, that wouldn't be fun. <laughs> Fair. Just like struggling, struggling to really convey a depth of emotion to LaVon in this moment. 
leaving Levon nervous that he's going to basically she comes to exactly the same fear that Nate's parents had, which is Michelle might choose Nate thinking he's ready with Nate even thinking he's ready only to have him at the last minute freak out, pull back um, because he's not really prepared. He's maybe not in touch with how he's really feeling enough to, to be a steady person to make these plans with. Yeah. So we're, we're left with this this question mark ultimately and as they leave nate's like your family's awesome i i love how much of a straight shooter your your mom is but michelle she's nervous and she basically sits him down and says that her parents saw some red flags in him and that like her parents needed to to feel that he would choose her not just kind of hear him say the things and nate's like Yes, that is the the sense I got from them. <laughs> yeah, it is really funny. He's definitely trying to leave like upbeat, like feeling good. So great to meet your family. And Michelle is like visibly disappointed and downcast and kind of sits him down to talk like he like she's his like coach. And he just like really botched a big play or something. She's like, we're going to talk about this now. Um And at this, Nate is like, okay, I'm really absorbing the gravity now of what's happened because Michelle is worried. And he's disappointed that that was the impression that he left, that Michelle's parents were questioning how he felt. And he's like, you know, I really love you. I'm 100% in. This is what I want. But Michelle isn't so sure anymore she she feels like she needs to reassess after after this failed parent meeting she goes back to her parents and she starts to kind of cry and i actually loved this moment because i thought it was really important that her family assures her like we want you to be happy and we will be by your side and stand behind your decision no matter who you pick and i thought that was a really important thing that she needed to ultimately hear. And like, I yeah. I was glad that they said that. And then and Michelle's course- like, let's circle up for a young family hug. And oh. I, again, wanted to be in that group hug very badly. Yeah. My family has never done a group hug ever that I can remember. I was like, <laughs> what is this? Um, I mean, <laughs> I did feel throughout the early part of this episode the weight that is on her because of the constant injunctions from her parents that they want her to have what they have, which is such an intimidating thing. I think they are so, they are so obsessed sounds mean and I don't mean it in a mean way, but they are both very invested in their marriage and, and they put a lot of weight on what good spouses they are to each other and what a strong marriage they have. And there's a the weight of like many years of experience behind that. And to be like just starting out looking at that, to be constantly like, oh, but is it as good as what my parents have? They have the perfect marriage and are still obsessed with each other <laughs> after 30 years. Like I started to feel super intimidated watching it. Like right, I was also, like, I'm starting to feel bad about my perfectly good relationship. That's simply and that, not like, something that you can guarantee or plan for at the beginning like you don't know how the next 30 years of your life are going to go like there are no guarantees and certainly not in in romantic relationships and so like you just have to throw yourself into one with 
hopefulness and with intent and with care and like see how it plays out. That's like simply how the game works. Yes. And now we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back to talk about some interesting COVID protocol changes and of course the rest of this beautiful finale. Can you keep up? I like This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender. I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love Article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables. From Article, that lovely chair out on my deck, Article, our big console, Article, my bed frame, Article. This is an Article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first Article piece of furniture recently, our new couch. And my husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. 
And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. And we're back. And when we return to the live audience, it seems that they have seen some displeased Twitter commentary and they're like, (laughs) to be clear, everyone here has tested negative for COVID, but we will also all be masking now, which I was happy to see um, specifically for all of the unmasked people who are sitting on the stage, uh, especially Caitlin, who's in a very closed room with many people unmasked for three hours. Hopefully, hopefully well ventilated. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I have never before seen a television program change its COVID protocols live on air in response to angry tweets. It was hilarious. Incredible. This this finale was so responsive to angry tweets. It was like angry tweets are the editor now. Like they're (laughs) in charge. And we are all directing this finale together. I felt powerful. (laughs) Truly. Um, there was an amazing moment later, though, where there there's a close up on one of the audience members as I think Brandon comes out for his interview on the couch. And the woman who's being shown reacting is pulling down her mask to like whoop at Brandon. And I was like, oh, that's not that's not man. Masks work. Ma'am, no, not, you have to leave it on. Um, but anyway, speaking of Brandon and Nate, no spoilers. It is time for. The most emotional breakup in Bachelor history, uh, which will be very painful to watch and will be preceded, of course, by the last chance dates between the two men, both hoping to avoid a very painful breakup. First up is Brandon, and they're uh, going jet skiing. It looks fun. There's a lot of splashing, a lot of laughing, a lot of making out. And afterwards, they sit down on the beach for that traditional final heart to heart and michelle is just like my parents are obsessed with you and he's like yes i know your mom basically told me that i should win yeah michelle's (laughs) internal dialogue is like fuck 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 fuck." (laughs) um but she they talks more about her parents and how they communicated so well through hard times when she was growing up she wants that brandon is like i i too want that with you they make out um, during this date, Michelle has already said that she's in love with Nate, but now she's trying to kind of figure out, is she in love with Brandon? She feels like she's really close to being in love with Brandon. Maybe she's like dangling off the edge. Maybe she has one fingernail hooked onto the cliff, or maybe she's already in love and she just doesn't know. This is going to be her chance to really get those answers. And at night, she comes to a conclusion. And the conclusion is, yes, I am in love with Brandon, and I should tell him. 
Yes. They have the traditional last chance evening date where the lead just comes to his suite and they hang out on the couch, have some wine. Brandon gives her a gift, which is something that he kept from their first morning waking up together, a.k.a. the fantasy suites. It's the sweatshirt that he was wearing in bed that morning. It has been bleached to perfection. It must have been because it is a white hoodie. It was his favorite hoodie. And then she poured coffee and orange juice on it. And he says, quote, and I loved it because now it has a piece of you. (laughs) And yet it's, again, been been bleached. Michelle is very touched. I'm concerned. Now, does Michelle just permanently have his favorite hoodie? I guess. I mean, she already ruined it. Here's the thing. Brandon, I know, is a better person than me because I don't know if I could ever love someone enough that if they poured coffee on my favorite white (laughs) item of clothing, I would ever (laughs) forgive them. You're like putting Greg on notice. Just FYI. Like, he would never dare. Like, (laughs) it's a line you just don't cross. He's like, I love it more now that it's been ruined because it was ruined by the hand of the woman with whose heart my heart has fallen into love with by walking a path together on this earth and she's like so overwhelmed by this gift she's like this is my favorite moment from our time together now previously she said it was when he had pulled her side at the last rose ceremony to tell her basically if you send me home i'll still love you and now this is the favorite the favorite moment when she got her new favorite hoodie which belongs to her now <laughs> they return to the couch. She says that he looks deep in thought. And he's like, I just love you. Actually, he's like, Was I? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> just a turn of phrase. And uh, she says, Well, something has been weighing on me. You've been so vulnerable with me about your feelings. I want to return that. And she says, quote, I feel like I'm not falling in love i'm already in love with you and sweet brandon is just levitating with joy and uh i'm like oh no this is gonna end so badly for you sweet bb angel brandon it's fun it's like i really truly despite the fact that throughout this whole finale i was like she's definitely not choosing brandon i have rarely like felt the love between a runner-up and a lead as viscerally as I did in this scene. I was like, they. I really do feel like they love each other. I do too. It feels very emotional. I trust tearful. Michelle. And I actually think Michelle really does understand her own feelings. And I believe that she felt she was in love with both of them at this time. She feels this massive weight lifted from her chest, having finally said this. This is the love she's been looking for. Chemistry, passion, triumphant orchestral music playing over shots of them kissing all over his suite. And now it's time for the Nate date. <laughs> and now it's time for the Nate date. Uh, it is his his last chance date with Michelle. The last time he'll see her before he either ends up heartbroken or starts the rest of his life as the happiest man. And so naturally, so, you know, very important. They need to force these two into an uncomfortable uh, moment of cultural appropriation. So one of them is feeling some sort of inability to open up. It's definitely time for them to 
introduce a shaman or a witch and to initiate some smudging or some uh, incense swirling. Just fucking stop doing this, Bachelor franchise. Please stop doing this. Please stop using indigenous people as tools for personal growth for your the characters on your show. It's, they've done it like five times this year. I'm losing so track. much and I just I hate it and I want it to stop. Remember when they did it and Chris Randone and Crystal Crystal's wedding? They're like bip wedding. Oh god, I had blocked that out. Ugh. Anyway, there have been many instances of it since, but that one always sticks with me. So, they walk through the woods up to a man playing the flute who identifies himself as Raul, a shaman of these areas. They're doing a ritual with Raul where they swirl smoke at each other from a sort of censor while making sort of wishes for setting it like intentions for their relationship. Um, Michelle like wishes for Nate to like have the will to stay in things, even though love is scary and to like continue their path. Nate sort of fumbles through his turn saying he wants to set the intention of their relationship continuing to go the way it's going accidentally like puts out the the light of the smoke halfway through and has to get it relit by Raul um poor Nate uh things are not breaking his way at this point again it feels like he's being put on the spot to make a well-crafted declaration and the the more he knows he has to perform the more nervous he gets and the less he's able yeah. to do so. And it's just like, this felt painful to me. I, I felt bad for him. Yeah. The, there, there is something about taking a guy who struggles to speak his emotions and putting him in a situation that makes him feel even more uncomfortable and out of place and being like, this will do it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm like, will it though? <laughs> um, Raul's like, I sense a blockage. I, you feel things, but you're not expressing them. This is what everyone feels about Nate, that like there is a disconnect between what he's feeling and what he is showing. And so he tries to coach Nate to, to speak into, more directly into her eyes and do a better job. You know, Nate's be just better. like, please release me from this hell. <laughs> like, stop. He's like, the blockage I want to release is the blockage of having to do this when I would rather be doing literally anything else with Michelle right now. (laughs) But he says that what he wants to release is the nervousness and fear of the unknown. And then he says, is that good? And laughs. (laughs) And and Michelle at this point is getting a little bit frustrated. She's like feeling the same thing that her mom felt that, you know, he's so uneasy. He's not really opening up. And, uh, then they go and sit down for drinks and she's like, yeah. my family's opinion is really important. You know, I, I felt really uneasy after talking to my mom and my family just wants to feel like you'll be there and take take care of me. And yeah, take that care I of won't literally have to move out of our relationship in order to stop having a stress illness created by right. how terrible you are to me, like my last boyfriend. And Nate says what that when he looks in her eyes, he just wants to just be with her and go through the ups and downs with her. And and then he does sort of start to open up. Yeah, he, I actually love the, this it's, moment. Yeah, and it's telling, I think, that it actually happens in a setting that probably feels much more familiar to Nate, which is 
just chilling on the lawn of a resort, having a couple cocktails and talking with a girl he's really into instead of like in some sort of contrived appropriated ceremony. And he starts to say, you know, my mom, your mom, you know, asked me how I'd feel if, if you dumped me. And I said, like, it would suck. And that probably wasn't a great way of saying it, but like, it would really suck. And he starts to get emotional and says, you know, I only brought two suits. I still only have two suits. I didn't know what to expect, but I really didn't expect to get far. And here I am at the end, madly in love with you and just terrified of losing you and being heartbroken. And we do like see, we see his emotion here. Like yeah, it's coming I could, I could really feel it in this moment. And you could just tell that he was relaxed and just sort of like, just saying the thing, not crafting, you know, a way to say it, just like letting it sort of pour out. He finally seemed a little bit relaxed. And this seems to really register for Michelle. She's just like, that's all I wanted to hear. You know, I'm also scared. And like, she just, she just wanted to, to hear something from him that would bridge that, that gap and that disconnect that so many people have, have um, picked up on. And for me, like, this is where I was like, I, yeah, this makes sense to me. Like, I feel what he's saying. This feels very real. I do, too. I think that, like, and we'll talk more about this later. While this is a moment where I, I did really feel Nate's feelings and I was glad to see him opening up, there's always, like, a nervousness that I have about the lead trying to, like, draw the person they like best along to give them what they need. And then when they just say it in the right way or express it in the right way, they're like, well, that's all I wanted to hear. Like, now we've handled that. And to me, I relate to that. Like, you, you're you like, we're so close to things being good. Why can't you just say what I need you to say? But I don't feel like it's a very, like, I don't know. Like, it just feels like a not very, like, stable or authentic way of developing the relationship to just try to, like get people to say the one sort of thing that you need to hear when they're not just going to say it to you naturally or express it to you on their own. It's just like something that I just, it always makes me a little bit nervous when this happens when then they're like, whew, okay, you said it now. Thank goodness. Like, yeah, I get we're that. All set. I think there's something with Nate where there, there is just simply like a, a learning curve and a gap there that Michelle will have to, get on board with if she's going to be in a relationship with him but I don't necessarily think that means that he can't get there if he chooses to and and wants to and so for me this felt less like she was drawing it out of him and more that he was finally able to relax enough to express himself uh genuinely and of course like you know what it's like you only know what you know there are still question marks and like at a certain point you just are like i like this person and i want to try and if it doesn't work doesn't work. i still it's it's a ridiculous thing because i always like critique the leads picking the person who i think doesn't seem ready or as sure about them but also i'm like they should pick that person though like what are they gonna (laughs) do pick the person that they like less obviously not um it's mostly just kind of like i don't know 
it triggering to me of like being in a relationship with someone who was never going to ultimately give me what I needed, but would occasionally say the things that I wanted them to say. And I'd be like, oh, it's it's fine now. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, of course, the relationship continued. It wouldn't end at the declaration and then problems would reemerge. But that's my shit. That's my shit that I'm bringing to this. Nate, meanwhile, is like feeling like he's back in the game. They say they love each other. They're like ready to go into this night date, their night couch hang, and really keep building on this, on this new emotional vulnerability. And she arrives at his suite and they sit down on the couch. She she seems stressed and she says, I am stressed. <laughs> this is the day before proposal day. No Fair breaks. for her to be stressed. Fair. Oof. And she asks about how he felt about their conversation before. He's like, I felt really good. And he says that he's glad about the conversation with her mom that he completely botched because it led into their very important conversation on the date. And he feels really good about things now. And yeah, like they just talk some more about how much he loves her and wants to have a life with her and... And he says he's ready to propose. He wants to be with her forever. And Michelle seems to be, like, very reassured by this date. And it's like she always was gonna pick Nate, wanted to pick Nate. And so, like, I get why this would just be reassuring. Yeah. It's almost like you might say that Nate had it in the bag. (laughs) You, You might say that. You might say that. Um, she says, my heart is telling me that this is my person. Um, so I don't even know why we have to watch the rest of this episode, but. But we do. But we and do. Of course. Oh, my God. So she's like, she's like, yes, I'm basically settled in my decision. She heads back to her suite. And what does she find? But a letter from Brandon that somehow production fucking made him read in voiceover. This was torturous. Like, There's poor Brandon. She finds the letter outside her room. She opens it. She sits down looking troubled to read it. We start hearing Brandon's voice slowly enunciating each word in voiceover. And the whole aesthetic is is very off. It It was weird. It was very weird. And I just kept thinking about, like, how they got Brandon to do this. It should have, it's a genre, it sounds like the genre of letter that should have started with, by the time you read this, I'll be gone. (laughs) Oh my God, yes. (laughs) Like, it says, you know, I feel a love for you that has changed me, sort of stuff. Like, I will always love you. I want you to follow your heart because I follow mine and it led me to, to you. I see her, I see you, and I will always see you. Just these sort of beautiful romantic pronouncements that also sort of sound like they'll never see each other again. Oh, God. He's like, off you go, sweet angel. Find your bliss, for I found and mine in will. you, and she now will. I am but foam on the sea. <laughs> like, what? Oh, God. And so, of course, this leaves Michelle feeling really unsettled and confused, and she still feels that way when we see her the next day, and it's proposal day, because she's in love with two men. These men love her. And, like, she's like, I don't want my heart in two places. It's a lot. Yeah, polyamory is a lot of work. 
it's not for everyone. Like it's a lot, it's a lot of processing. It's a lot of scheduling. I get it. I'm the same way. I'm too lazy for two romantic relationships. It is truly a lot of uh, emotional labor, especially if you're talking about juggling two straight men. I don't know. It sounds like too much. <laughs> yeah, you're like, no one else is going to be doing any of the emotional labor. Yeah, it's just like you're all so you- on you, but times two. You'll be doing misery. like quadruple the labor that any woman should expect to do in a relationship, both of your own parts plus both of the other guy's parts. Um, so it's very it's very confusing for Michelle. Nate is the guy that she thinks of as sort of her first, her first limo exit, her first rose, her first kiss. Brandon is her all-in guy. But I love Brandon that is Michelle, the one she's never doubted. Michelle <laughs> is going along with the pattern in which bachelorettes give their final rose to their first impression rose because yeah. women just kind of know what they like. Honestly, if it, if I were a guy who was going on The Bachelorette and like, no shade, I would just leave if I didn't get the first impression rose. <laughs> I'd be like, it's over. Like, this is, I know how this works. Like, unless her first impression rose guy completely implodes and leaves and so she can't give him her final rose she is going to give it to him so i might as well just quietly remove myself from this <laughs> they stay so that they can audition for paradise of course <laughs> um otherwise what's the point nate and brandon both have to go see neil lane neil is so happy he it's in-person cameo Testing has advanced enough that Neil Lane can temporarily join the bubble. And he's Neil like, Lane can ready. be here and ask some questions that we've already covered extensively and in detail on this show. He asked both of them whether they've ever been in love before. And I'm like, Neil, did no one brief you? Like, we've covered this. But he's just, look, he brings an enthusiasm and he brings the diamonds. Nate picks a pear-shaped diamond. Beautiful. And Brandon picks did you could you tell exactly what the cut i couldn't it, was? it it looked like a it was giant it looked I mean, like they're either all an oval or a round cut but sometimes the, you know i feel like they're getting bigger like because you never want to get your fiance a smaller ring than the last bachelorette got um but yeah i i i have always tended to think that pear-shaped is a bold choice i think that you should know that your fiance loves pear-shaped i feel like if they're you getting want more common pick. They are getting more common. They, we've had a few yeah. lately. Um, you know, I think that I've I've kind of come around. I think that Michelle would shape. be happy to get any ring from Nate. To be honest, yeah, that's also true. <laughs> also, to be fair, you're like it's it is a free diamond. It's a free diamond. Um, who was it that recently like they they oh was it Ari and Lauren? Oh, oh they redid like, it. They redid it and got like a new nicer ring. Yeah, but that was weird because they are already married. JoJo and Jordan have been engaged oh. for so long that they, like, clearly, they, like, upgraded the ring. Oh, yeah. And it's, like, much more tasteful. And so yeah. it's, like, yeah, if you just stay together, you can just, like, sell that ring, turn it into something else, get a new ring, yeah. like, with all your sponsorship money. Like, you'll be fine. I mean, it's incredible to think that these guys, after, like, a few dates, would know what their future wife once my husband had known me for like five years and I had to still pick my ring myself. He also he was too still afraid. doubted your choice and was like, are well, you picked... sure you don't want oh, yeah. this blood diamond? Are you sure you don't want a blood diamond? <laughs> um, 
yeah, it's uh, we had we had many many a lot like long conversations <laughs> about it, and then I picked two rings, and he was like, I still don't want to choose between these. And meanwhile, these guys have been on like three dates, and they're like, just they're like, pick I know this one feels, feels like, like Michelle her. to you. <laughs> it's bold. Um, and it's time. It's time. They both have their rings. They're enormous rings. Their box is just full of diamond. Michelle is in a silver gown looking stunning. Oh, my God. I loved this gown. Oh, she is wearing that dress. There's one person she would be devastated to live her life without. And so she is ready to put herself first. As she and, should. And break a heart. As, as she should. Um, and of it's, course. It's time to get proposed to. Of course, first out the limo, which we all knew, is sweet BB angel, Brandon. And yeah. he appears and tells Tasha and Caitlin that he's, like, excited to spend, to perhaps spend the rest of his life with Michelle. Tasha and Caitlin are also appropriately dressed in, like, some version of bridal white, just signaling, you know, the moment that we're in. Yeah. And... He heads down to the beach, bursting with confidence, ready to get engaged. He's found, like, the the one special thing in his life that he's been searching for for 27 years. Michelle greets him with a long hug. It almost started to feel like she wanted to hug him to avoid looking at him in the eyes because he her pain was written knows. all over her face. He immediately knows this is not good, and yet he does have to deliver his speech. Um, it must have been a really uncomfortable moment for him because he is he can read the room. Uh and Michelle yeah, looks like and he's Michelle going to vomit. Visibly. Oh yeah. She looks ill. I I never believed more how much she loved him than in this moment. She looks like she is in severe pain. Yeah. There's a long pause, and this is when I realized that they found somehow a <laughs> spot where the waves are louder. Than the spot where they had the like I actually with Michelle's could parents. not hear either of them throughout this. It was so bad. Rob Mills even tweeted that they had boosted the audio as best they could. I mean, he writes boasted, but I I know he means boosted. The waves were so loud. Apologies. <laughs> like, like this is this was the audio corrected, and that's very concerning because it was virtually impossible to understand anything they were saying. They're deafening like i i again have to say they have filmed in front of the ocean many times or like just don't film further from the ocean i mean they don't don't have to but like i'm confused like why in the past they were able to find workarounds or and in this case they couldn't like were the waves much louder during the scene than they had been during setup it it was it was truly, as someone said on Twitter, like putting them in front of the loudest white noise machine in the world. And <laughs> nevertheless, gamely, Brandon begins his speech, which I will speed through here. From the first time I laid eyes on you, I wanted I want you to know that I truly saw you. From the first time I talked to you, I knew you were someone so unbelievably special. People always talk about love, that they found the missing piece for them. Michelle, I found that with you. I found something so unbelievably special with you that I don't believe I'll ever forget. I don't believe I'll ever find it again. I truly believe you're the missing piece I've been searching for my entire life, and I don't want to spend another second without you. I don't want to walk another day without you. I don't want to wake up another morning without you, and I would truly be the luckiest man to walk this earth if I got to walk it with you. Oh, 
brutal. And Michelle takes a deep breath and says, I have truly never met someone like you. And I meant what I said with loving you. And we know this more or less from closed captions because I just absolutely can't hear her at all. (laughs) Brandon, Brandon knows something's not going well. Yeah. Then she says, but, and very long pause. I promised myself that I would continue to follow my heart. And it's not that I don't love you because I do. It's just that my heart is pushing me in a different direction. I have to go with what I feel. And it hurts so much to say because you are this unbelievable person. I need you to know how much I care about you. And that doesn't just get turned off. You truly will always have a piece of my heart. And I'm sorry that I can no longer hold yours. Oh, my God. That line fucking killed me. It was so sad. Brandon looks just fucking gutted and yet like he's really generous in this moment and he says like i wish you nothing but happiness even if it's not with me you've been worth it giving you my heart was worth it like i'll always be here for you and they walk off like he walks off and then she they walk off together and they hold each other and they cry and it was just like I believe that there is a genuine affection and care between these two people. And it's so sad. They're like holding each other and sobbing. And he says, your happiness means more than mine. I meant that. And she says, but your happiness matters too. And they say they love each other again. She's like, you deserve to be happy too. And it's like, yeah, that is the fucking brutal thing about ending a relationship with someone that you care about and genuinely want them to be happy, but like you still, you still have to do it. Yeah. Cause they deserve to be with someone who, who really wants them. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough goodbye. I think that often on the bachelorette, we, you know, because men are taught to be pretty stoic, they will often leave without expressing much emotion, at least until they get to the limo, because yeah, it's true. They, they are, they're stunned and they instinctively react by just not showing any emotion. That's what they're accustomed to. Brandon has really just been like letting it all out this season. And he does that here as well. He cries the whole way back. He cries in his interview um, before he even gets in the limo. He says he's so fucking hurt and broken i saw a future with her that i've never seen in anyone in my entire life it's gone like that i'm crying now you know it's like literally his whole future is gone it's been shattered to pieces on the ground i just want him to be okay he says even though his heart is on the floor in pieces he's still thinking about her happiness and that's how he knows he really loves her and that is what is the hardest of all Oh, my God. He's like, my heart is saying she made a mistake. Go fight for her. But I know she didn't make a mistake. And I I can't do anything about it. He's just like, he's he's seeing everything. You know, he's he's putting all the pieces together. Brandon, like, this is the thing. Her final four were just so great in general. And I, this was. And thank God one of them is about to be our next Bachelor. Oh, oh, wait. Sorry, I'm I'm just hearing, Uh, I'm getting word in my earpiece that none of them is going to be the next Bachelor, which must be some sort of mistake. Definitely an error in the the system, but um, who can say? But yeah, this is where we say goodbye to Brandon. And honestly, I think we need a moment to recover. So we will be right back. Can you keep up? I like love it. I am so glad that it's finally warming up and it also means that 
I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily, I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well-balanced. I feel full after, and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. And we're back. We've dried our eyes with some difficulty and it's time to see Michelle's happy ending, will Nate actually be able to descend to a kneeling dis- position to get on one knee? It's a long way down for him. He has to do it so that he can marry Michelle and be with her forever. Let's see what happens. Michelle is still devastated from dumping Brandon. She's tear-stained, but she is ready for Nate. He's her person. Her heart belongs to this six-foot-eight tall drink of water. And Nate rolls up. He's excited. He's ready. He's like, my heart and my mind are completely in sync for the first time. 
And I love that's what he said. He says, I'm close to having my best case scenario realized. He is. He, in fact, is. It's truly like their love is like a small business they're trying to launch. <laughs> like every good Hallmark movie. This is really best case scenario for us. So Nate makes his way to Michelle and he just like launches into his speech. He says, Michelle, the very first night I met you, I knew right then and there we had a connection I wanted to hold on to. The second night we were together, we talked about running away together. I'm standing in front of you now and the feelings are the same. I want to run away with you. I want to run away to forever with the woman I've come to love. This amazingly crazy wow kind of love. And through this journey, you've shared a lot of vulnerable sides of your past. And I know that you felt unseen at times. And I want to let you know that I am completely prepared, willing, and ready to make sure that you are always chosen first and seen now, today, tomorrow, and for the rest of our lives. I love you, Michelle. Oh, it was really sweet. He found those words and he just like connected them with his face. Um, And Michelle responds, Nate, from the moment you stepped out of the limo, I felt that there was a a connection. It was this kinetic moment. I love school teacher, Michelle. It was this kinetic moment where I was feeling things that I didn't even really know that it was possible to feel. But walking into this, my fear was that I would not be loved as much as I loved the other person. Through our conversations, there were moments where that fear started to creep in, and this has not necessarily been a smooth ride. And there's a long pause here, but Nate looks confident, and I think that it's because if she dives into the negatives before the but, then the but is going to turn you in a good direction. Yeah, and also, like, again, Michelle gives a lot away with her face. Yeah, and she looks excited to be proposed to. Yeah. So she says, but... I'm also not willing to face that fear of walking away from this without you because I have never felt a love like this before and I love you with my entire heart and don't ever want to think about waking up next to anyone besides you and doing life with anyone besides you. At the end, I wanted to be standing in front of my soulmate and he is definitely standing right in front of me. And Nate kneels. He says, Michelle Ann Young, will you marry me? He reveals the giant ring. And she says, yes. She's like, of course. And he stands up. He's like, I'm shaking like crazy. And they're so excited. She gives him the final rose. And then a mariachi band comes up to serenade them, which I thought was great. I loved it. (laughs) Uh, So with that, this crazy duo are, I think, the tallest winning couple in Bachelor history. But more importantly, as as we knew it happened when the final four was chosen, this is our first black winner of a bachelor or bachelorette season. Our first black um, couple to come out of a bachelor or bachelorette season. Of course, we have yeah. um, Marissa um, and Riley, but that was paradise. And it's just, it's awesome. So, yeah, I remember Rachel Lindsay writing about how she was dissatisfied with the casting on her season and that she, you know, felt like they didn't cast enough black men that she would really date or that would really date her and that that shaped her journey and obviously she's very happy with brian but i loved just seeing that michelle was able to find that that she that she did have that option they cast well like the the casting was done well for this season and like like truly people that michelle would date like the final four was like she would date these people yeah Yeah. yes a hundred percent and we cut right away to the live after the final rose special. And I just want to say I am so 
glad they didn't do that bullshit that they've done with a lot of bachelorettes where they make the interviews happen like before we see the final proposal. They cut back and forth. It just really ruins the flow. It makes everything feel a little bit sour. And Mm -hmm. I'm just so glad they like let Michelle have her whole journey shown to us. Yeah. I don't know why they started doing that. One thing I I had never. I think to torture Rachel Lindsay. Oh, God. That's right. Because of Peter and his painful exit. Man, fuck this series. Anyway. Yeah. Let's talk to Brandon. He's up first, as the runner-up always is. He comes on stage in a burgundy brocade jacket looking really good. He looks good. adorable. Mm. And he tells Caitlin that he is doing okay. He's thankful for his support system, his family, Aww. guys he met on the, the show. guys from the show. He calls out Will and Daniel. I guess they're close friends from the show. And... Caitlin is like, wow, that was brutal to watch uh, for me. How did it feel for you? <laughs> He's like, yeah, not <laughs> not good, good Caitlin. Um, and Brandon this whole time is trying to be like, you know, it, it was really hard, but I want Michelle to be happy. And I'm still like thinking about her happiness and I want her to be. And like, I hope she and Nate have a great life. And Caitlin's like, okay, but to go back to your pain. Yeah. So um, you can you like express that pain a little bit more viscerally? Yeah. He's trying to be so he's like, yeah, I congrats to her and Nate, like truly. And she's like, so you really thought you were going to marry Michelle, didn't you? (laughs) He's like, uh, yeah. (laughs) But, oh my god, you know. Brandon's trying to be so <laughs> diplomatic and, and generous about this. And Caitlin's like, okay, but actually I took a photograph of you like sobbing on the beach. Can we put on the big screen? Can we yeah? yeah. So what was what was exactly going through your head in that deeply this painful is moment? Absolutely hilarious. So the best <laughs> part about Caitlin as a host is that she is trying to be funny, and I love that for her. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, but she gets in a lot of little quips about what's going on. And this makes her a really brutal interviewer. Like, she is trying to be funny during during this interview about Brandon's broken heart. And she legitimately is like, I took this photo of you sitting on a piece of driftwood and staring at the sunset because, like, I'm a very empathetic person. And I was just, like, thinking about how you were feeling. And so I took this photo. And I'm like, Caitlin, like, why are we talking about how empathetic you are right now? This is so weird. Um, and the most like grainy photo that you took of him on your iPhone 10 or whatever. Brandon knocks this response out of the park. I thought he's like, well, look at that photo. Like, could anything be a better representation of beauty in the struggle? Like I saw this sunset and I was devastated, but I was like, okay, this is like a sign that I'm going to be okay. Brandon is like just a walking Instagram account of motivational memes. But like in a way that (laughs) lands so much better for me than past people we've seen who are like this. It doesn't feel canned. It is that thing that like he is warm. It does feel connected to what he's actually feeling. But it's also very. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally (laughs) agree. It just like somehow I'm like it. It worked for me. He's like, the caption for this photo is that there is beauty in the struggle. And looking at that sunset, you just know that everything will be okay. And I think that's inspiring. Brandon says that he will always love Michelle. But, quote, unfortunately, I don't think it would be respectful to love her in that manner anymore. (laughs) He 
he's just like, look, I'm trying to maintain a friendship with like yeah. them. So please, yeah, I let me express that. Yes, I love her, but like again, I do recognize that she is engaged to someone else. Yeah, who is also my friend. We're not getting like a shooting my shot at the finale moment, like we sort of did with what was it? Was that Michael A. at Men Tell All? Sort of being like, I'm still interested. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, I'm being respectful. So it's time to bring out Michelle. And oh my God, they are perfectly matching. <laughs> she is wearing Rough. exactly the same shade of burgundy. Beautiful one shoulder sheath dress. Oh, she's oh, she looks just so again, good. stunning. Uh, and Michelle, you know, like Caitlin is like, Brandon, what do you want to know? And Brandon's basically just like, I I know what I experienced. Michelle, I'd like just want to listen to this you. This is actually great though, because he spends he t- he talks for like three minutes to say, I don't want to talk right now. I just want to listen to you. But he says it like 14 times. <laughs> he really times. is rambling. Like it both times he speaks during this conversation. Yeah. Just rambling, rambling. What's Michelle it? basically says, like, she focuses on the fact that it she didn't think it was possible to fall in love with two people and that like people per, like I guess viewers often think that that's bullshit but that she really was in love with him and she perhaps would not have shared that if she had been 100% certain in her choice but like in the moment she wanted to be as honest as possible and so like that is why yeah she said that she was in love with him and then didn't pick it I actually feel like that must be so hard to hear because then you can't help but think like oh well so in any other setting, like if you and I were just dating, we would be together and happy and like, I would honestly, have what I want. Like maybe, yeah. That sucks, man. That's how I, you, I would hard. rather hear like, oh, you were so wonderful, but something about us just wasn't compatible. But she's got to be honest. She really loved him. And what's interesting about Brandon to me is that he is so kind and giving in their breakup. He's so like, respectful in his interview with Caitlin but it's clear that like actually since taping the show he's come to to feel much more complicated about what happened on the finale day than he did at the time and because I think what he's seen which he expresses is that Nate is someone who kind of had to be dragged along whereas Brandon was very steady and so he's sort of like if we were even in a lot of ways like why didn't that put me over the edge yeah you didn't have to drag me if you loved us both then like why did you pick the guy who was giving less than I was and he does actually say which I think is surprising that he's not usually like that in relationships he's like I went into this with the mindset that to, to get something greater than you've ever had you have to give more than you ever have or something like that And so he was like, I just radically opened up. I've never been that open in relationships. I'm usually pretty reserved. And I really consciously made a choice to be super vulnerable with you and to be super emotionally expressive. And he says, it's hard to watch back because I was so truly in love with you. And I feel like my love was somewhat overlooked. And... And yeah, that he's confused that she had to push Nate to that point and never had to push or question him. And then he's just sort of starts ram- rambling. Because it's like at this point, Michelle has 
already given her side. And he's like, well, it turns out I actually still want to tell my side, which is that I'm, I was left yeah. confused by this. But it's almost like the discussion is already over. And so... Right. So he he does ultimately pivot to being like, look, I am still just like very grateful. I want to thank you. I've sort of like had this conversation with myself. I've watched it back. I am grateful that, you know, meeting you made yeah. me open up and be vulnerable like this. And like... Your parents gave I, me some great marriage a, advice anyway. Yeah, I wish you a lifetime of happiness. And then he drops the most adorable, unintentional F-bomb on live TV I've ever seen. Or he's like, I do miss your parents a fucking lot. And so they have to bleep that. And he's like, ooh, oops, ooh, sorry. With all the emotions, <laughs> the thing that gets someone to drop an F-bomb is how great Ephraim and Levon are. <laughs> I mean, if I were Ephraim and Levon, I would be patting myself on the back. Yeah. Also, I love that they they bleeped him, but they missed the actual (laughs) F-bomb. Because I think they do it on a slight delay so that they can try to catch those, but they just missed it. Um, So you do hear the fucking. Um, But yeah, he he expresses his feelings, his his confusion, but he still clearly wants to be the person who is loving and supportive. And I can just imagine how hard it would be to be like, I also am not used to this. I also am reserved around love. And I really pushed myself because I thought Michelle was worth it. And I needed to do that for Michelle. And Nate didn't even really have to do it. So <laughs> what that, was all that of that frustrating. for? But, Ultimately, clearly, they're they're running out of time. So Caitlin's like, that's so sweet. That was such a great, great job, Brandon. It's time for commercial. <laughs> She mercifully saves him from continuing to yeah. ramble about how much he loves her parents. And sometimes your heart doesn't even know what it wants for like another five Caitlin's minutes. Caitlin's like, yes, yes, yes. We <laughs> Look, you stuck the landing. We need to move on. And so when we come back, it's time to bring Nate out. And Michelle just looks so happy. Also, Nate looks so gorgeous. He's a handsome Ooh. guy. Have people he heard is. about him? Heard about how handsome Have you he heard is. he's hot? Um, but he comes out. He's he's also matching Michelle. Not not quite as well. Sort as like Brandon a darker was. Merlot. Suit. And I, I loved the color of the suit. I mm. thought it was beautiful. Yeah, and they seem so happy to be on the couch together. Michelle says, "You know, we always joke about being able to scream out that we're in love, and now we can." And Caitlin's like, "Yeah, scream it out! Like, let's go." And Nate, Nate gives us a little rhyme. I love this. He goes, hey, 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 I got a fiancé, okay? I thought it was cute. He fi- Again, he seems, he's relaxed. Yeah, and that's the thing about, about, about Nate is that I do think he's good at, at words and communication as long as he's not trying to get too into the weeds about emotions. And this is more of his sweet spot until... Caitlin asks Nate when he realizes that it was real and he was falling in love. And Nate decides to attempt an analogy. He's like, I'm really bad at analogies. Michelle knows this. But I'm going to stake my entire explanation of our relationship on an analogy. On an analogy that I I haven't clearly really thought through and I will will decide doesn't work halfway through explaining it. He's like... But I'm going to go for it anyway. He's like... After the basketball date, that's when I realized I never found anyone like her before. And it's like the first time you listen to a good song and you're like, okay. And then you listen to it a second and you're like, oh, that's good. And then the third and the fourth, you know, it takes time to realize that it's your favorite song. And then he's like, but it didn't take that long. Like, it didn't take many listens to realize that that I liked Michelle, like that she was my favorite song. So 
it was actually really fast. Like on our first one on one, I was like, oh, I'm like watching myself fall in love in real time. And so like it didn't actually take a bunch of so it ended up being like an analogy that he pivoted from and it was and was like now this is an analogy of what it wasn't like for me to fall in love and caitlin's like let's just let's just give michelle the floor because she's better (laughs) at answering these questions she's like you know michelle you were worried kind of about nate's vulnerability and michelle's like actually like he's actually been very very vulnerable with me since even more than me since the show and she's like look when you put people in front of cameras and like add producers, which I, I was honestly glad that she mentioned. She's like, it it complicates things, but we've had a relationship off camera for months now and it's been wonderful. And like, he's talked to my family off camera, sort of like worked through the feelings they initially had about him. And he gives me so many words of affirmation. So many words. Got to bring in that, that lovely that love language yeah um i <laughs> love the way that vulnerability has become such a a theme on this season that caitlin literally is like how's that vulnerability coming along with nate <laughs> like, like can we get a, a progress plus. report um and you know she talks about how it was hard for nate to watch back the season just as they're kind of kicking off their exclusive relationship he's watching all these other very deep relationships she have but they've communicated so well Caitlin asks how things are with LaVon and LaVon from the audience is like, we're in love with him. He's so wonderful. Michelle. I thought that was so sweet. Michelle shared a text that he sent to her to, with me and it was so beautiful. It made me cry. <laughs> she was like, shocker made me cry. I was like, wow, I've no, I relate to LaVon so hard. Like I'm obsessed with her. And I also love that she was like, I mean, don't worry. I, I won't like share it here on live TV, but it but it was really good. You just have to trust. It was me. just a really so good text. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like when you like read a novel about like a pop star or something. It's like trust us, the music is really good. Like we're not gonna have any of the music, but it's really good. Uh, Nate's mom is sitting next to Levon. Apparently, they are now best friends. They're like best friends. Oh my god! Their families oh. have fully joined into a super family. Look, like you know strawberry blonde redheaded moms <laughs> unite it's it's really lovely i i want nothing but the best for for nate and michelle and so it did make me really happy to see where things stood um i'm not like completely convinced that after never being in love in his life he is ready for a relationship that is truly like being tossed into the deep end but I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I'm glad that things are going so well. I also felt really reassured when Caitlin's like, what's next? And Nate's like, yeah, I'm like moving to Minnesota. Like within the next couple of months, I'm moving to Minnesota. That is a plan. I'm committed to doing it. We have a plan. Yeah. Like, good. This you is to, good. You have to feel that he's been for, for weeks now, like seeing tweets and like, similar chatter that's like nate's not moving to minnesota like from us he's like no to be clear i am and also like look he's from canada he's from winnipeg like minneapolis is much closer to home than austin well but like that's part of the problem is that he's someone who wanted to move to austin and not stay in winnipeg that indicates to me that he doesn't want to live in minnesota but nate has made his like to me it's not like oh minnesota's far from home for him it just seems like he he'll be the guy to be like i was on the bachelor and now i'm moving to la i think it's actually which is a most very of good sign for the longevity <laughs> of their relationship that they 
aren't going to be moving to LA. I agree. This makes me very happy. And I like I'm glad that I was wrong. And also I don't I don't like judge. I think a lot of people move to LA after they go on the show and if you want to be on TV, which they clearly do, there's nothing wrong with wanting other elements of that lifestyle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, it's not even like a moral judgment. But it wouldn't all, have been great it, for their relationship. Right. It, it, I think it just tends to kind of put you in a better position for um, a lasting relationship if you're making plans that are kind of feel more in, in life with the life you're already leading. Yeah. The, the future, the long term future that you plan to have already seems yeah, like something exactly. you can begin building. And he's like, there's no need to wait with Michelle. I'm all in. We're moving. I'm moving in the next few months. They're Their house hunting. Moms are best friends. They're house hunting. They're Zillow addicts like all of us, but they might actually be Relatable. able to buy a house because, spoiler alert, ABC is giving them a down payment. This was the best thing ever. I loved it. Incredible. Caitlin basically has a, a little uh, gingerbread house brought out. By Polly like, Claus. It's the holidays. <laughs> Polly Claus has a treat for you. And they look so confused. They're like, thank you for the gingerbread house. Thank you house. for the gingerbread house. And Caitlin's like, no, no, no. You have to open. <laughs> you have to take the roof off. And she starts tearing up because clearly she knows what this is. She starts like to cry. And Caitlin says, like, that's from all of us in Bachelor family. And it's a down payment for your first home together. Michelle starts to cry. She looks at the check. She says, like, it's $200,000. Like, she and Nate look genuinely fucking shocked. And then she starts to cry, and she's like, is this real? And Caitlin's like, yeah, it's real. Hell yes. Love it. (laughs) I think they should do this whenever a couple ends the show agreeing to move to the same place, because finances and, and location are such big things that can tear couples apart they have an interest in having couples succeed they just had three bachelorettes break up since september like they need successes in their column give everyone a house you know give them a house. agreed this is this is a good sign i really hope that things that things work out and like you from i i hope that that nate is maybe more ready than this season overall led me to feel because I love them together and I love seeing Michelle so happy. Yeah. I'm a Michelle and Nate stan now. I think (laughs) I've been just like, I'm like, give me all of the video content of your adorable (laughs) relationship. I'm here for it. I love it. I just want the best for them. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, before we, before we wrap, (laughs) this was Caitlin's best moment of the night. Oh my God. I love this. <laughs> we come back to the studio after break, and Caitlin says that now we'll be joined by a man who really does need an introduction because honestly, no one knows who he is. It's Clayton, our new bachelor. Oh, I mean, honestly, they really did Clayton a favor bringing him out with Caitlin because she's has such a good energy that she brings out a more lighthearted, like she brings out some personality in him. Um, although I do take issue with the the next segment. Yeah, this is a wild thing that they decide to do. Yeah. And Caitlin frames this as if it was all her idea. I don't know if it was or not. I do think I she has think the chaotic energy for it, but so does Bachelor Production. She definitely goes all in on the concept, which is let's talk about the elephant in the room. There were a lot of mixed reactions to your announcement as The Bachelor, for example, from us. And so she has 
pulled up a few of the more interesting comments about him, so tweets, for him to read, like, Kimmel style. Except that these tweets are just, like, mean and about his looks for the most part instead of, you know, the real criticism that people had, which was not with Clayton specifically, but was with the show for, like, reaching this deep into their roster to avoid casting a Black Bachelor. Like, that is the criticism at the heart of this. Not, like, Clayton's ugly. He looks like Shrek, which is, like, fucking rude. Yeah, it was... It was a very weird... I think the the franchise took a big swing on Clayton by casting him before they had seen how the audience would respond to him. They got a lot of pushback for that. And they tried to handle it first at Mentel All by having the other guys kind of sell us on Clayton. Like, oh, he's going to be such a great Bachelor. I'm Rodney and I'm here to say vote Clayton for Bachelor <laughs> kind of stuff. And that felt a little contrived but this is worse like this this feels like they they made a bad decision that they got pushed back on and they're sending clayton out as like a human sacrifice or shield to get like sympathy points to stop the backlash because none of it is actually yeah none of it is really about him like it's not about how he personally sucks or he right like and we've said this before like clayton seems like a really nice guy he clearly is well liked he is you know has the ability to be self-deprecating as we see in this segment he is like seems to genuinely be good friends with rodney and is like yeah i also kind of want rodney to be bachelor i hope they cast him in the future like this is it's not about clayton as an individual in a vacuum it's about the show's history in general and the way that Clayton fits into that history. Yeah, she's making him read tweets that are like, they found 30 women desperate enough to date this guy. Where? Hashtag quarantine goggles. And then Clayton has to make a little joke like, oh, well, I have a great personality, though. Which, like, he does come off pretty well in this segment, but he does. it actually seems like it's hurting his feelings to the point that by the end... Caitlin has to say, almost like she doth protest too much. Like, I know, Clayton, that you're self-deprecating. You can laugh about this. You can be in on the joke. And Clayton's looking at her with, like, these heartbroken eyes. Like, yep, I'm self-deprecating. I'm fine with this. Again, he handles this gamely. But it's like, I don't think really people should be subjected on live television to, like, reading really mean comments about themselves and like their looks like it just it was felt gross and yeah that's always how they they try to handle any online like uh, abuse and harassment of contestants or or leads or also just criticism of the franchise that that seems to implicate specific people like clayton like none of this is really about him and he is shouldering Right, shouldering He's the weight now of it. left to shoulder the weight of it and like to explain it away and to justify it. And it's like, yeah, he didn't choose to make himself the bachelor. Yeah, like, should was... he have said no? Um, some might say, but do I blame him for saying yes? Absolutely not. Like, you're he's not going to get another opportunity like this, right? Um, and 
he has to take all these comments in and then say, well, you know, I hope that people just like give me a shot. They'll see that my journey is really authentic and that he authentically is intimate with three women and authentically loves all of them and authentically tells all of them, we see another sneak peek. That's right. And they show even more of this baffling scene that takes place at the very end of the season. I had a lot of questions about, like, the cutaways. I I couldn't tell if there were... I need to watch it a bunch more times to try to, like, decipher. So what I took away from this, we see two women standing at a rose ceremony, two roses on a platter. And he says... On a platter on a platform that's seemingly made of ice. Okay, yeah. The the vibe of all of this, the aesthetic, (laughs) is, like, he's confronting the two like femme fatale characters in a supervillain secret lair and like maybe yes. he's the hero <laughs> but he also had sex with both of the henchwomen anyway it's a bad vibe like it really does not give romance but so there are two and this women is after after we see like a bunch of blonde women again calling each other like bitches yeah a lot of blonde women emerging wet from pools wrapping their legs around him sobbing and being like she's a bitch and <laughs> So at this scene, though, there are two women, there are two roses, and he is telling them basically about the woman who just left. I was in love with her, and I'm in love with both of you. And so it is the final three. It is the final three rose ceremony. It is. I just couldn't tell, and maybe this is me reading too much into it, I couldn't tell if, like, then when they cut to the women's faces, if it was the same women that we had seen it in the past. Like I need like to get some the same. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, I it might be. I close. just need I just need to that's why I say I need to rewatch it. Cause like I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm if not there was. great with faces and I haven't really learned the cast yet. So like I'm just trying to not be spoiled by not letting myself absorb Honestly, that that's information. <laughs> I'm just yeah. like faces of women, not gonna think too hard about who it yeah, is. Yeah, that's true. I have no idea who any of them are. So that probably works in all of our favor. I think that like Again, as we talked about before, they're really just leaning into to this moment as being the thing that we all just like latch onto and want to see play out and want to see the context of. And so they don't mind spoiling yeah. again and again and again that this is going to happen yeah. like they did with Colton's fence jump. Exactly. Clayton truly is the new Colton. <laughs> get into love to see it hate to see it we have a bunch of love to see it this week which is so nice first we just love the young family we love how much michelle's parents love her we love how much levon and ephraim love each other we love how much levon like wants to adopt brandon we love their group hug i mean just all of it we love the youngs so much warmth it's so beautiful and so alien to me We love seeing Nate finally be able to kind of access his emotions in this finale. It is really hard for a lot of people, uh, especially a lot of men and boys, because of how we socialize them. And it's just really beautiful to see. We also love to see Brandon having a really wonderful support system in his family and his bachelor compatriots. And so we trust that he will come through this okay. Yeah, he will rise again. We love to see Brandon's real generosity towards Michelle in this breakup. They have a really beautiful rapport. And even in this really painful moment, that comes through. And and it was kind of nice. 
Yeah, it's nice to see people have mutual respect, even in moments of heartbreak. We also, perhaps most importantly, love to see Michelle so very fucking happy. Like, that is the goal of this show, to find Michelle some happiness. And she seems real happy. And we love to see it. I love to see that Michelle's mom and Nate's mom are now, like, best friends. Uh, it's, I love it. I just love a friendship. I love the families being united by the love between both the, the daughter and son and the two mothers, making one big mega family of cool people. I love to see the Minnesotan representation that my family um, <laughs> specifically personally deserves. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, just this, the real winner of this season, I think, was yeah. Minnesota. And I love to see it. And now it's time for Hate to See It, which is a shorter list than our Love to See It, which is what you like to see for a finale. Um, first, we hated to see in the beginning of this episode that Nate just seems to have like not thought about the logistics of his relationship with Michelle. That definitely has changed by the end of the episode, but in the moment, oh, yeah. Really, really honestly, hated to see all of the moments when Nate was wrong-footed so close to the proposal and talking about their relationship and glad that the things have progressed since then. We also hate to see another shaman date, just the, the, the appropriation, the like using indigenous cultures as props and tools for some sort of growth. It's it's a yikes from us. We also hate to see Brandon not being the next Bachelor. Oh my goodness, that man can emote. And he has a resilience that I think would put him in a great position to be the Bachelor. Hate to see that he's not the Bachelor. Hate to see the Bachelor promos this episode making Clayton read nasty tweets about himself showing like basically the entire scene where he tells the final three that he loves them like I don't I guess I understand why they're doing these things but to me I hated it me too like as we said before the nasty tweets thing was such a miss it like completely sidestepped the the real legitimate criticism that people have of the franchise and instead put it all on Clayton personally and like it was gross for us watching it was gross to put him in that position and we just like hated to see it yeah and now it's time for our sportsy rating out of 10 basketballs this is our last sportsiness rating wow I'm gonna miss it and we've gone from a high to a low in terms of sportsiness I'm giving this episode a one for the jet skis only it's all yeah, love. That was the only all love, no all basketball. Love. Perhaps uh, appropriate for a finale, and yet rough. Yeah, I think if we had seen Joe win, we would have had definitely some teammate metaphors in the proposal. We would have been talking about how that brought them together, and instead, it's almost like Michelle didn't play basketball for most of her life, and <laughs> that gets lost. But but she is in love. but she is in love, and that's what matters. Mm-hmm. 
That's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray, and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Tamika Weatherspoon. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv, and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like the show, please remember to rate us five stars and follow the show and leave a review. And of course, help us spread the word about the show especially to your friends who used to listen to us as Here to Make Friends. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at claireandemmapod at gmail.com with your questions and voice memos. We might even feature you in an upcoming mailbag. You can also find us on Twitter at Love to See It Pod and Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod. And you can find our newsletter on Substack, rich text, at claireandemma.substack.com. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Emma Lady Rose. And I'm at Claire E. Fallon. We'll be back next week with our cast bios preview for Clayton's season of The Bachelor. And you know what? Happy holidays, everyone. Stitcher. Save big money on everything. Now at Menards. Make quick work of your outdoor cleaning project with Master Force Outdoor and Landscaping Tools. The 80-volt cordless trimmer is powerful, efficient, and hassle-free. So you spend less time working on your yard and more time enjoying the results. On sale now through May 19th. Check out our wide selection of Master Force tools and see the rest of our deals on Menards.com. Save big money at Cheers to a great day and this ice-cold Corona. You know what would make this day even better? My grandma's carne asada. Or your grandma here with us, making carne asada. She does love a cold Corona. Throw in some dancing. Oh, we can watch the game. I'll drink to that. So a backyard concert with football, food, dancing, and Corona? And your grandma. Or we could keep it simple. Simple is good. Want a Corona? Thanks. Salud to the perfect day. Corona. La vida más fina. Get your Corona at ordercorona.com. Relax responsibly. Corona extra beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.